Well, thank you once again. Would you say amen? amen. Certainly appreciate that, Harry. And uh, trust everybody has had a, a beautiful day. And um, the weather has cooperated quite nicely, hasn't it? I think the meteorologist at one time said it, it was going to be freezing. But uh, at least it wasn't to me. And I'm, I just left 80 degree weather. So thank God for another day and the blessings of it. And I'm just delighted uh, to be here. Um, I know our time um, uh, basically is against us, so we're going to go straight to the word of God. Uh, Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Thank you, Father, for your promises. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege you've given to us to participate in the plan of redemption. Bless as we open your word in Christ's name. Amen. I'm looking at the book of John. I'm looking at the book of John chapter 12. I appreciate that uh, uh, opening song and the remarks that were made uh, here. John chapter 12 and verse 20. If you have it, would you say amen? All right, let me read something in your hearing here. Verse 20, it says, Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Your Bible says we would see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. The Bible simply lets us know that Jesus had arrived in Jerusalem and a large crowd had followed him. However, when they got to Jerusalem, they were met with some Greeks, Greeks who had not met Jesus. They had just heard about him. And their remarks were simply, Sir, we would see Jesus. We only want to see him. These Greeks did not come to be critical. They did not come to impress anybody with their knowledge. They just came to see Jesus. And this passage of scripture or this Desire on the part of the Greeks lets me know with great emphasis that the most important person when we come to the house of God is to see Jesus. We have in the past as a church done a lot of preaching on doctrine organization, denomination, religion, traditions, and somehow, if we are not careful, we can omit Jesus. 
And I love the teachings of our church, our doctrines, our beliefs that I've been speaking and preaching and evangelizing for over 40 years. However, we must constantly be aware of the fact that it is not religion that saves. It is not doctrine that saves. It is Jesus who saves us. It is Jesus who heals us. It's Jesus. He is our Savior. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. And my brothers and sisters, uh, it's amazing how people want tradition and they want legalism, but they don't want Jesus. And I declare that he is the attraction. He declared, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I will, what everybody? I will draw all men unto me. He didn't say, if you lift up your traditions, or if you lift up, he didn't even say, if you lift up your doctrine. He simply says, and if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus said, lift me up. Talk about me. Witness about me. Preach about me. Teach about me. And I will draw all men unto me. Evangelists, take me to Jesus. Educators, take me to Jesus. Administrators, Take me to Jesus and departmental leaders take me to Jesus. And I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. Uh, I've been reading a little about what happened in 1888 with Jones and Wagner. And as many of you know, Wagner and Jones tried their best to get the church to put Jesus back in the center of all of our teachings. And there was a struggle that went on in 1888, and it extended to 1890, and 1890 was worse than 1888, really. And uh, the problem was that you had people like Uriah Smith, Butler, who resisted the message that the Lord was sending. And Ellen White took a stand with Jones and Wagner. And the book Testimonies to Ministers, page 91 and 92, Ellen White said, The Lord, in his great mercy, sent a most precious message to his people through elders Wagner and Jones. And, of course, this did not please the brethren. But she said, the Lord sent the most precious message to his people through elders Wagner and Jones. Listen to what she says. The message was to bring more prominently before the world the uplifted Savior. Many had lost sight of Jesus. 
the message of the gospel of his grace was to be given to the church in clear and distinct lines that the world should no longer say Seventh-day Adventists talk the law, but do not believe in Jesus. She goes on to say, we have been at work emphasizing the law until we have gotten as dry as the hills of Gobor. Let us trust in the merits of Jesus. In other words, Ellen White is saying, and this, this great struggle that went on in 1888, the Lord sent this message of the importance of making certain that Jesus is the center of all of our teachings, that we ought not to preach about the Sabbath without preaching about Jesus as Lord of the Sabbath. We ought not to be preaching about diet without preaching the fact that Jesus himself, he is the creator of our bodies. We ought not to preach about uh, uh, the, the state of the dead without preaching about the fact that Jesus is the resurrector of the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were what everybody dead, yet shall he live again. And this is what Wagner and Jones was trying to emphasize. Even in Galatians and Daniel, and uh, all this confusion came about because Uriah Smith, of course, felt that he was the main person to interpret scripture. And Ellen White didn't like that. She didn't like that at all. And uh, she scolded the brethren for that. Getting Jesus in the center. My brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus, there is power and authority. When you pray in the name of Jesus, the, and Ellen White recognized that. When you pray in the name of Jesus, the power and authority is released in prayer. The name of Jesus is the trigger to release the power. And a trigger activates a mechanism that discharges power from the weapon. In order to get power from one place to another, you have to have an activation device. And those of you who are familiar with guns, you know that without the trigger, you don't have a gun. The trigger is the activation mechanism that participates a reaction. It sets up a chain reaction. The name of Jesus is the trigger that initiates the power of God in the direction of that name. It activates the loose guns of heaven and power moves at the sound of the name of Jesus. Heaven comes to attention. When the name of Jesus is spoken and dispatches power, there is power, wonder, working power in the name of Jesus. Angels begin to move at the name of Jesus. Deliverance packs its bags and gets ready to move at the name of Jesus. Healing gets in a hurry and hope is encouraged just because the name of Jesus is spoken. There is power 
when you speak in the name of Jesus. There is power when you pray in the name of Jesus. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I always like to, to go back and read Mark chapter 5 of how the wow man had everybody upset and everybody afraid and everyone hiding and the chains could not hold him and ropes could not hold him. But the Bible says when Jesus landed on shore, I'd love to read that. Everybody was running away from him. But when Jesus landed on shore, the wild man, he ran toward Jesus and he stopped in his track. And Jesus simply looked at him and said, come out of him. And that wild man, the next time you read about him, talking about the power and his name, the next time you read about him, the Bible says he was sitting at the feet of Jesus and he was in his right mind. <laughs> And then the word says, the people, now the, the, the thing that is really mind-blowing, when he was in his right mind, the Bible says the people were afraid of him. And they chased him out of town. How mixed up can our world be? But the good news is that there is power in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the what, everybody? Gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The gospel of Christ is the life he lived, the death he died, his victory over Satan, his resurrection, ascension, soon coming. We would see Jesus, the Greek said, we heard about him. We heard about the healing, heard about the power. We would see Jesus, not only the Greeks, but men and women are saying that today. When they come to the house of God, elders, they want to hear Jesus. They want to see Jesus. They don't want to hear some long, dried out uh, poem or some fiction or something that you read out of the book and bring to the house of God. They don't even want to hear about all of the problems in this world that's going on. They want to hear Jesus. He makes all of the difference in the world. We would see Jesus, the Savior, the healer, Jesus, the miracle worker, Jesus, the friend of sinners, Jesus, the great intercessor, Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. We would see Jesus. And the word says very clearly that he is, he is the savior of the world. And whatever your life's work is, you want some Jesus in it. Wherever you go, take Jesus with you. If you have a business, put some Jesus in it. If you have a job, take Jesus on the job. If you are in the classroom, take Jesus in the classroom. If you're at home, put a lot of Jesus in it. If you have children, put a whole lot of Jesus in, in them. You're on your way to church, 
take Jesus with you. You sing it in the choir, ask Jesus to sing with you. When you have a church board, make certain you invite Jesus on that church board. When you go to the business meeting, make certain you invite Jesus in the business meeting. Otherwise, you're going to have a mess on your hand. Evangelistic meetings, make certain that Jesus is the center. He is the center. He is the attraction. He is the attraction. Go to workers' meeting, Jesus. And constituency meeting, Jesus. There is no other name like Jesus. It's the sweetest name I know. He's the pearl of great price. He's the gem from glory. He's life's strongest cord, purity, highest peak. Mathematically, Talking about Jesus. Mathematically, his name is the decimal point between time and eternity. Cherish his name and you'll see a rainbow in every cloud. Pray in his name and the gates of impossibility will swing open and let you in. Stand in his name and the hounds of hell, that dog your footsteps will bow down and and lick your feet. Jesus There's power in that name. I was, and you'll hear me often talk about different evangelistic meetings because there's power in the name. I held a a meeting in Columbus, Georgia, many years ago, and I'll never forget it. There was a house on the corner adjacent to the tent, and it was a house where they sold liquor. They sold liquor. And I'll never forget, uh, that lady, she was known throughout the neighborhood as, if you want liquor, that's the liquor lady. That lady came to our meetings, and the Holy Spirit spoke to her heart, and she made a tremendous change in her life. She went back home, and there were men, women, always on the porch and everything. She went back. She said, all right. Everybody get out. Get out of my house. This is no longer a house where you serve liquor. This is a house where Jesus lives. And that lady cleared that house up. And it was a joy to see her walk from that house on Sabbath morning to those evangelistic meetings. I mean, turn the whole neighboring community around. Who did it? Jesus. There's nobody like him. Now, to make it a little closer, to make it just a little closer uh, and a little more serious for me, my grandmother, I had a grandmother who did the same thing. I had a grandmother who sold liquor out of her house, Osceola, Georgia. And you know what happened to her? She went to the hospital one day because her leg was hurting. And the doctor said, we've got to cut your leg off. We've got to amputate your leg. Got to cut the whole thing off. Now, she was not a Christian, not a Christian. And my grandmother, they had her in the hospital. She got down on her knees. 
And she prayed and agonized with God and said, Lord, if you spare my leg. Now, she's not a Christian. So liquor all of her life. If you spare my leg, I promise you I'll serve you for the rest of my life. If you do it. But the doctor came back in, took an x-ray, looked at her leg, said, I don't know what happened but we don't have to cut it off. Now, my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you something that, that I know. My grandmother got up out of that hospital, went back home, cleared the house, and before that happened, uh, my, Mrs. Ross was known as the liquor singer, a seller. But if you go back in that community, and this is over 50 years ago, you go back in that community, she raised up a church, she went up and down. Everybody knows her name, not as the liquor seller, but oh yes, I know Mrs. Ross. Mrs. Ross led me to the Lord. Mrs. Ross did this, and Mrs. Ross did. She prayed with me, and she would fast for thirty days. I mean, she her life was just turned around completely, upside down. And you know what? It's the power. Of the name of Jesus. There is power in that name. There is love in that name. There is forgiveness in that name. There is salvation in that name. It's a durable name. It's a living name. An eternal name. I love the name. How about you? The cross could not kill it. The grave could not hold it. Satan could not defeat it. And you can't, and I, no one can destroy the name of Jesus. In order to destroy the name of Jesus, let me tell you what you have to do. First of all, you have to go around and you have to pull up all of the lilies in the world. For he said, I am the lily of the valley. Then you have to, you have to go down and cut down all of the vines. Because he said, I am the true vine. Then you have to, that will keep you from not remembering this name. And then if you could, you would have to pluck all of the stars out of the, out of the sky. Because he said, I am the bright and the morning star. And then you would have to go and stop eating bread. Because he said, I am the bread of life. Then to completely annihilate his name from your mind, you would have to destroy all of the rocks. He said, I am the rock of ages. Then you would have to go and cut down all of the megans of trees around the world. Because he said, I am the tree of life. Then you would have to blot out the sun. He said, I am the son of righteousness. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. Then you would have to go home and you would have to, not only your home, but everywhere, you would have to remove every door off of its hinges because he said, I am the door through which man, every man will enter. In other words, there is power in the name of Jesus. And when you worship him, that name is Powerful, and thou shalt call his name, what everybody? Jesus. 
for he shall save his people from their sins. I am just so thankful for the name of Jesus. Thankful for Jesus. I stand here today as a result of that name. Uh, My life is owed to that name. There is no other name, Acts 4 verse 12, given among heaven whereby we must be saved. Jesus gives us joy. Jesus gives us love. Jesus gives us power. Jesus gives us peace of mind. Jesus helps us to have a sound mind. Most of us, if were it not for Jesus, we don't know where our mind would be. But thank God for the name of Jesus. And I just think, I just think it would be appropriate if we would end this service today, and I know we are pressed for time, I, I just think it would be appropriate if we would, and, and heaven would be glad, if we would just take time to sing that song about Jesus. The name of Jesus is so sweet. I love its music to repeat. It makes my joy full and complete, the precious name of Jesus. I just want us to do it a cappella. Come on, just everybody, just join in and sing the name of Jesus. We don't even have to play the piano, just the name of Jesus. Just join in and sing it with me, everybody. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is come sweet. I love its music to repeat. It makes my joy. It makes my joy full and complete. The precious name of Jesus. Then sing that chorus. Jesus, oh, how sweet the name. Jesus, every day the same. Jesus, let authors go claim the precious name of Jesus. Don't worry about it if you can't hold the tune. The name is still recognized. Now there's there, there, is, there is a verse that I want you to join and sing with me. It says, no word of man can ever tell how sweet the name I love so well. Oh, let its praises ever swell. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Come on, let's do it together. No word of man can never tell how sweet the name I love so well. Oh, let us praise this. Oh, let us praise this ever swell. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, how sweet the name, Jesus, every day, let all saints proclaim, Jesus, 
let all saints proclaim its worthy name forever. Now, before we close, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. This time, we're going to sing a verse, and I want you to think in your mind as we sing it what Jesus has done for your life. As we sing this verse, there is power when you witness in that name. I want you to think about the times that he heard your cry, raised you up out of a sickbed, placed his hand in your life. Think about the time when you were far from him and he rescued you from the pit. Think about what Jesus has done for your life. And it says there is power and there is power when you witness in that name. So I want you to just sing that, that verse once again. No word of man can ever tell how sweet the name I love so well. Would you do it just once more and think of how precious he has been to you over your years. Were it not for the Lord, only God knows where we would be. Let's sing it again. No word can tell. No word can tell. The name I love. Oh, let us pray. Oh, let us pray. This ever swell. Oh, praise the name. Now let's stand as we sing that marvelous name. Jesus, oh, how sweet the name. Jesus, every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim its worthy name forever. Glenn, come and give us our closing prayer in the name of Jesus.